Drag queens in church. They got drag queens at the library reading books to kids. Drag queens out in the street. Now we got drag queens getting in church. I try to keep the Dr. Taylor Mar Marshall podcast family friendly. Today, not kid appropriate. If you're listening to children, just go ahead and turn it off. Maybe listen to a past podcast. Come back to this one because I don't want little ears hearing today's Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. You may have seen it. This clip going around the internet where they got a drag queen in church. Here's a little preview of it. We're going to watch it today. It's gross. It's degenerate. And it's child abuse. I don't care if I get canceled for saying that. That's what it is. And this is popping up all over the country, primarily in Protestant churches. But also, a tweet went out in the last 24 hours from Bishop Zubik. And uh, he caught a lot of flack on it. Uh, he actually made a clarification on it. Here is the Bishop Zubik tweet. It's got some trans stuff going on there. We'll read about that and talk about that. Real quick, before we get into today's show and before we do our prayer, we Catholics must take up space. We Catholics used to go through the neighborhoods with statues of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Theotokos, the Holy Eucharist, Eucharistic processions. Um, we used to put out outdoor shrines uh, during the month of November. We would take over cemeteries and there'd be candles and flowers and families together. We used to be a visible force in society. And since Vatican II, they pushed us out of the public square. We sort of put our head down. Okay, diversity, dialogue. That time is over. The reason they have drag queens in parades and at the courthouse and at the library is because those are public, civil places. They're taking up space. Where you take up space is where you gain power. And this is visible power. Now they're moving from the secular space, the civil space of the library and the courthouse and Main Street, and they're coming in to the sacred space up to the altar. Serious. Serious. We're going to pray the Our Father. We're going to watch some of these video clips. Some of this stuff. I mean, look at this nonsense right here. Drag me to church featuring Lady Douche. I mean, there's some things I could say. I mean, the word douche is right there. There's some things that I could say. They're just like hanging there like a softball ready to be hit as a home run grand slam. But as a Catholic gentleman, I'm just not going to say it. Drag me to church featuring Lady Douche. Are you kidding me? Yes, queen. And all of this is, this is not real women. My wife's a real woman. She doesn't look like this. This is all this weird male, fetishized, degenerate, gross depictions of women. Like Tammy Faye Baker times a million looking weirdness. Okay. Let's take a deep breath. Let's pray the Our Father. Oremos. In nomine Patris, et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
Paternoster, quies in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua secut in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et emite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Arlie Fatima, pray for us. All right. Are you ready to watch the clip? It's going to hurt your heart. This is why I said, if you're tuning in now, this is not a kid-appropriate Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast today. This is for the adults in the room. All right, that being said, here's the scenario. Now, I'm going to say before this goes, this is not a Catholic church. Those of you new watching, I'm a Catholic, a traditional Catholic. This is not a Catholic church. Could this come into the Catholic church? Absolutely. You already saw a podcast I did. Is that Father's Day, Father's Day, where the Catholic priest, similar to a situation like this, where the Catholic priest play, plays MC and then invites uh, two homosexual men to come up and give the sermon. Uh, we went over that. And again, as I said before, we love everyone. Everyone is invited to come to Jesus Christ. We want everyone to come to Jesus Christ. We want them to experience the grace of baptism, the grace of conversion, the grace of repentance, to receive the gift of the Holy Eucharist, strengthened in the sacrament of confirmation. This is what we want for every person. But as you'll see in this clip, it's deeply perverted by what this minister, he's a Methodist on the screen, by what he says and how he uses scripture for these little kids. All right. Let's roll it. Take a deep breath. Boss Rutan taught us how to breathe the other day. If you watched the Boss Rutan video interview that I did, it was awesome. High energy. If you watch any video from the last week, go back and watch my interview with Boss Rutan, the UFC Hall of Fame fighter. Okay, here we go. Do either of you have any questions for Ms. Pentecost? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like her eyeshadow. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'll let you borrow it when you're older, like when you're allowed to wear makeup. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Let me just say something. I'm going to interrupt. I know you guys want to but these drag queens. He said, "Oh, thank you." He wants more than anything for people to recognize his hard work and trying to look like a woman. They just love it. A little kid. Compliments him on his eye makeup, he just loses it. This is not an, like the over risk. I mean, my wife is a very feminine woman. She doesn't act this affected and weird. It's all over the type. top. I'm going to start from the top here. Here we go. Do either of you have any questions for Miss Pentecost? I like your eyeshadow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like her eyeshadow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she'll let you borrow it when you're older, like when you're allowed to wear makeup. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the other thing. Sorry, I interrupted you. Maybe when you're old enough, you'll wear eye makeup. Whoa, 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 whoa. The LGBT train has left the station. You guys are saying these girls right here are old enough to transition. I mean, you're saying when you're old enough to wear makeup, these, the society's saying they're, they're ready to go and get uh, surgeries to get on hormone blockers. 
That train has left the station. All right, I'm going to start it again. I'm not going to interrupt. Do either of you have any questions for Ms. Pentecost? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like her eyeshadow. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'll let you borrow it when you're older, like when you're allowed to wear makeup. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think is great about Miss Pentecost is she reminds us that we, we follow a God who calls us to not conform to things of this world. Uh, that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that means that what I think today may have to change tomorrow if I continue to renew my mind. And it's so cool that we serve a God that calls us to continue to grow and continue to, to change into something new uh, and to not be bound by the ways that the world confines us sometimes, that, that we're supposed to live differently. Do either of you have any questions for Ms. Pentecost? Okay. This minister quotes St. Paul in Romans saying, that we're to be renewed in our mind and we're not to be conformed to this world. Ergo, transgender legit? What in the, I mean, how do you take the Bible and make it say that? This is why you need a magisterium. This is why you need a Catholic church. All right, you can take the Bible and just squeeze it into whatever you want it to be. It's true. God, through Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, transforms us with the renewing of our mind. That is, the worldliness that we were born into, because we're descended from Adam and Eve in original sin, that we misunderstand the world. We live by our bowels and by our loins. We have this inordinate understanding of food, alcohol, Drugs, material possessions, sex. All these things are all jumbled up. It's inordinate. Our passions are disordered, St. Thomas Aquinas would say. Even when we try, as St. Paul says in Romans, even with, when we try with the, the reasoning of our mind and we know, oh man, it's not good to eat that food or to drink that much or to do these drugs or to have sex in these illicit ways, even when we know that, we still lean into those things called the concupiscence, the law of the flesh, St. Paul calls it. What do we need beyond that? We need the grace of God. We need Jesus Christ to transform us. We are to be conformed, not to the image of a drag queen, we are to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, who is true God, True man, light from light, true God from true God, fully God, fully man, the mediator between God and man. He is all things for us. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. And when we have the grace of God in our lives, we can begin to have victories, however small, over our inordinate desires, our passions that are out of control. We become sanctified is the biblical word. That means you're becoming holy. You're becoming a saint. Now, with all that being said, let's go back here and listen to the second half of what this uh, Methodist minister tells these kids. In a way, what he says, because he's quoting scriptures, true, but his application is not correct. Here we go. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, one of the things I think is great about Miss Pentecost is she reminds us that we... By the way, Miss Pentecost, she's mocking Pentecost, the Jewish feast upon which the Holy Ghost came down upon the church in Acts chapter 2? I hope not. We follow a God who calls us to not conform to things of this world. That's true. We do not conform to things of this world. If the world says, what is a woman? There is no such thing as a man and a woman. That's the world. God said there's a man and there's a woman. That's what God said. The world tells us there's all this other gray. There's all this confusion. There's all this chaos. No, no, no. What this minister is actually doing is conforming these children to the world. Uh, that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that means that what I think today may... This minister, he himself, maybe he's not, maybe not, but he himself is, well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I have to change tomorrow if I continue to renew my mind. And it's so cool that we serve a God that calls us to continue to grow and continue to, to change into something new uh, and to not be bound by the ways that the world confines us sometimes, that, that we're supposed to live differently. Do you but we're supposed to live differently as sacrificial people who say no to myself, no to my ego, no to my own desires and to say yes to God and yes to other people. And this whole idea that, you know, like this one on the screen here, Lady Douche at the, at the Lutheran church. Thank you, Martin Luther. Um, that this is somehow that same message. Drag me to church, a drag show at church. Yes. Queen Thursday. No, no, that's not what it is. Now, you may say to me, shouldn't we welcome all people? Isn't everyone welcome? Isn't part of the message of Jesus Christ saying to the prostitute, come unto me, come to me. The children, come to me. The leper, come to me. The homeless, the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, come to me. Yes, absolutely yes. But every single encounter in the Gospels, with the exception of the rich young man that I can think of, when they come into encounter with Jesus Christ, there is a conversion, there is a transformation, there is a renewing of the mind. They go away after they've met Jesus. They go away new, renewed, sanctified, justified. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do, not to bring what the world loves and celebrates, darkness, alcoholism, drug abuse, pornography, extramarital sexual intercourse, all these things, and bring them in to the teaching of Jesus Christ and say, no, they fit, they fit. This is what we're going to do. Mm. Now, as I mentioned in the opening, there was a bit of a controversy from Bishop Zubik. Bishop Zubik, I guess I'll just get rid of Lady Douche. See ya. Um, 
Bishop Zubik, everyone, he says here on the tweet, and for those listening to the audio only, he says, quote, on the tweet, everyone should experience welcome in our churches, no matter their race, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, or appearance. God commands us to love and forbid us to judge. Everyone is in need of his mercy, including you and me. Hashtag Catholic. Hashtag church welcoming. And then there is a meme of a transgendered man. I mean, a, a man wearing makeup. I get lost in the terminology. Everyone should experience welcome in our churches. God commanded us to love, not to judge. End quote. Okay. Is it true that God commands us to love everyone? Yes, even our enemies. You must love everyone and your enemies. Doesn't mean you agree with them. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Doesn't mean that you have to let them walk all over you, abuse you, destroy you. But you do have to love them and you do need to pray for them. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's Christianity. That's the teaching of Jesus Christ. Does he command us not to judge? Yes. Neither you nor me are able or allowed to say that person is going to go to hell or even that person is going to go to heaven. That's for Jesus Christ, the judge of all mankind, to determine because he knows all things. You and I don't know all things. And yet Jesus Christ also says, in the Gospels to make a correct judgment. He's talking about the judgments we make every day and throughout our lives. We have to make judgment calls, and God wants us to make good judgment calls. So the idea that there is no judging at all is incorrect. Judging the eternal uh, destination of a person is not allowed to us. Now, here's the problem. Bishop Zubik, by the way, uh, earlier, what was the date of this? Bishop Zubik had a little bit of a controversy in two years ago, 2020, when Pope Francis was talking about same-sex unions. Remember that? I did a podcast about it. And by the way, this is a good opportunity right now please do me the favor of giving this video a thumbs up, not because you agree with the drag queen stuff, but because you like this information being presented. Give this video a thumbs up. Please share it on Facebook and Twitter. And if you are new, you're going to want to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified when we come out with new videos. And you can do that in the bottom right corner. There's a little subscription button. Click that and you're all set up. So back to Bishop Zubik. He said, Bishop Zubik, when Pope Francis speaks about same-sex unions or civil unions, he's speaking about it from the perspective of medical benefits that people could be receiving. All right, and then he also says, um, I think some in the media, uh, some of the media is reporting that somehow the Pope is in favor of same-sex marriages, and that's not what he's saying. So Bishop Zubik is on this sort of same idea that we need to promote same-sex unions, but as long as we don't use the word marriage or matrimony, it's okay. All right, that's sort of this middle ground, if you can call it that, position. Um, but still, you're sanctioning 
you're providing a legal definition that's imposed on all citizens in America and all employers and all health workers and all churches that this is a legal union that is a marriage in the law. And that's a problem. Okay, so that's a little back, a background on Bishop Zubik. But the real problem with this tweet here is we Catholics do have a standard of when you come to church. We have a dress standard. We also have standards of behavior. So if I come to Mass and I just start making laps around Mass with a foghorn going doo, 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 and just running around, I will be ejected from Mass. All right. So there are certain things in, that you cannot do when you are welcome to the church. Another one would be is I cannot walk into church naked. I will be removed from church. I cannot walk into church with a Speedo. That's not allowed either. Not that I own one or would ever do that. Uh, I cannot walk into, uh, a woman wouldn't be able to walk into church with a bikini on. Okay, so this whole idea that we have no standards, no judgments, everybody come. It's true. Everyone is invited, but there are certain expectations of when you come. Just like if I invited you over to my house. Just like if you went to a synagogue and they told the man, will you please wear a yarmulke on your head when you're inside of our holy space? They can ask you to do that because this is their home. That's the Jewish synagogue. That's what they expect. They can ask that of you. They can impose that on you. Same thing if you're in the Middle East. If you go visit Turkey and you want to go inside of a mosque, I don't know why you would, but let's say you were... As a woman, you would have to be veiled. Now, the same thing happens in the Catholic Church. Until the 1983 Code of Canon Law, which I have some problems with, as you know, women had to wear a covering on their head just to go inside a Catholic Church. It was in Canon Law. It's not just a good idea or an outward sign of piety. It was required. Women had to do it. There's also, still to this day, a dress code. In order to get into my church, where I'm a member, there's a dress code. There's a picture on all the doors going into the church and a description what you can wear and what you cannot wear in this church. And you're asked, if you're not going to comply with that, do not come into the church. Where does this standard come from? comes from Rome, St. Peter's Basilica, where St. Peter is buried. Here's the old version of it. You can see St. Peter's Basilica. At the top is a do not enter sign. Okay, and you've got a girl with uh, short shorts and a low cut, uh, what do you call those tops? I don't know, you see it. And then for the guy, same thing. Guys cannot, a tank top. A guys cannot wear tank tops or the shorts. No dice. And then it says, yes, you can enter if you're a woman wearing a dress and it has, you know, cover over the shoulders and it's down under the knee. And then you've also got the pantsuit situation. And then the men have to wear long pants and have to have their upper chest and their shoulders covered 
in order to enter St. Peter's Basilica. You may say to me, well, yeah, but that was a long time ago. That's an older sign. Okay, well, check it out. Now I got the new sign. Boom. Same exact thing right there in front of St. Peter's Basilica. You want to come into the church, there are certain standards. And dressing like a drag queen is not allowed. It is, as you can see right here, a no entry. It's no entry. We do have standards. If I come into the church and I'm wearing a, God forbid, a black Hail Satan, Satan loves little kids t-shirt, that is not appropriate and you should be asked to leave. Are you saying that I'm not welcome? No, I am welcome to be there. I am welcome to be there under certain conditions. So I think that's where a lot of people get confused. All are welcome to church, yes. Well, that means that we have to have the Bishop Zubik thing going on. In other words, we got a, a drag queens, uh, people in Hail Satan t-shirts, uh, naked people, bikini people. No, no. Just as the rabbi can say, excuse me, sir, please put on a yarmulke before you come into my synagogue. We do the same thing as Catholics, and it's about time that we Catholics started talking about it. The fact that a Catholic bishop is posting this, I'll just stop right there. I don't want to say something that would be too much, but it's problematic. It's problematic. And we have our standards of decency in the Catholic Church. And the very sad situation of a young man or a, an older man saying, I'm a woman. And using the pronouns and dressing in that way and going into those bathrooms and pushing it on the church and on the community and all that, it's not appropriate. It's not decent. Is that person... Welcome in the Catholic Church? Yes. But that doesn't mean it's carte blanche. If I invite you to my home for dinner and said, hey, come over for dinner. I'd love for you to join us for dinner on Wednesday night. And you come to my home and it's a guy and you're dressed like a woman. You got high heels on, all this makeup. It's always weird makeup, too. I'm just going to be saying, you know what? You're We are welcome, but you're not welcome by trying to push this on me and on my kids and on my wife. I'm sorry. You want to go home and change? No? Okay. That's not me being unwelcoming. The person was welcome. They got an invite. Jesus Christ sends an invitation to baptism in the Catholic Church to every single human person. But we don't go to him on our terms. We go to him on his terms. 
you may meet our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a prostitute or a drug dealer or a pig-headed capitalist who steals money from people or whatever, you know? But when you join the assembly of the church, you come together for our weekly meeting, our Holy Mass, to recommit ourselves to God through Jesus Christ in the unity of the Holy Ghost, we come to do that. We come to meet him on his terms. You know, you, you don't get to make up your own liturgy, traditionally. You know, if it's time to kneel, you don't get to do jumping jacks. You should kneel. There is a pattern. There is decency. And we need to talk about that. This right here, by Bishop Zupik, is wrong. And I'm ashamed that a Catholic bishop would post this. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because of the way people see the Catholic Church, and I'm embarrassed for him. Now, he did, I looked this morning, he did clarify it. And hopefully, I've. yep, I got it right here. Okay, so Bishop Zubik wrote, Thanks to all who follow my account, the image with my October 11th tweet caused consternation to many, including me. The tweet was mine, but not the graphic. Because the image created grave misunderstandings and detracted from the message, I asked that the entire tweet be deleted. It is important for me to make this clarification. What follows is the text of my original tweet with a link to my pastoral letter, The Church Welcoming. The tweet is drawn from that letter. And then here it is, as you see on the screen. Everyone should experience welcome in our churches, no matter their race, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, or appearance. God commands us to love and forbids us to judge. Everyone is in need of his mercy, including you and me. Hashtag church welcoming. There it is. So we got to be careful. I'm going to take this down. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is loved. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs the sacrament of baptism. If you've been baptized and you've committed mortal sin, everyone is invited and needs the sacrament of penance. This is basic. This is true. This is the good message of Jesus Christ and his 12 apostles handed down in the Catholic Church for 2,000 years. But, if you are a prostitute and you had to dress a certain way for your clients to be successful as a prostitute and you meet Jesus, you are invited to meet Jesus. Once you meet Jesus, a transformation begins to happen and maybe, you know, in the very first weeks or months, that woman who has had an encounter of Jesus Christ and her life has been changed, maybe she doesn't immediately fully understand what modesty is. And that's a gradual process. But for her to come and continue to dress as a prostitute would not be appropriate. Not be appropriate. Or someone who was a Satanist, who has a profound encounter with Jesus Christ, delivered from his demons, comes to know Jesus, wants to follow Christ and carry the cross, it would not be appropriate for him to continue to wear pentagrams on his clothing to Holy Mass. 
Isn't that just common sense? Yes, it is. And it's a great moment to say, dressing in your Sunday best is not bad. I know everyone's going to say, well, yeah, what about people who don't have any nice clothes? Well, they wear their best. That's why it's called Sunday best. It's not called Sunday tux or Sunday suit or, or whatever. It's your Sunday best. You bring your A game. You bring your best. So if you own a suit or you wear a suit to work, but you wear a Green Bay Packers jersey to mass, I mean, we need to think about that. We are coming to worship and meet God. Well, does God care about what we wear? Not, not really. I mean, he would accept us, you know, as we come in, if we're wearing a t-shirt or a collared shirt or a tuxedo. But it's what we say to him, what we bring to him. Would my wife reject me and not love me if I had messy hair and I wore, didn't comb my hair and didn't groom myself and wore torn up clothes to our 25th anniversary party with the family? No. But if I did that, it would say something to her and it would say something to everyone else. That there's, there's something wrong with the way that I'm approaching this. Now, if I just said, hey, I just got beat up in the alley and people mug me and I'm all, oh my goodness, you know, are you okay? But if I plan to do that, it says something. You've heard me say, octa non verba. Actions, not words. What you do is more important than what you say. It's true when you're a married person or a priest or religious, a nun. If you're a parent, your kids care more about your actions and less about your words. It's not just faith. It's faith and works. We believe, and then we do these things. We do these things. We can't be pharisaical. We can't be hypocritical. can't judge anyone. You can't look at anyone and say, I'm more holy than them. Or look at them and say, hmm, he wore a t-shirt to Mass. What a bad Catholic. No, that could be his best t-shirt, for all you know. Or maybe he had some difficult situation. He's been in the hospital all night with a loved one. And that's how he could get to Mass. You know, maybe he's been serving people more than you in the last 24 hours. And that's the only way you get to Mass was dressed like that because of this strange situation. Never judge people. In your own life, however, bring your A game. Do your best. And don't be prideful about it. All right. Well, I will be back. I will be giving away one of these beautiful Seraphim rosaries this week. It's a really heavy duty. Fatima Rosary. Yesterday was the anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun, October 13th, 1917. Yesterday was October 13th. I'm giving away this very nice, heavy rosary. I'll be back later today, hopefully with my daughters or my son. And we'll, we're giving away one of these beautiful, these are worth a couple hundred dollars, every Friday in the month of October. If you want to be in 
in it to win it. Uh, you can be a student at my new St. Thomas Institute, or you can be a patron at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. All new Patreons, by the way, are getting a free rosary, not this nice one, but also a very nice one mailed to you by me and a free copy of my book, Rosary in 50 Pages. Those are for uh, the new Patreons to say thank you for your support. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. You'll be in the, the running today for the, what do you call this? Not a lottery, a drawing to win this. And then we'll do another one next Friday on the 20th. And then we'll do another one on Friday the 28th. So we'll be giving away, uh, as of now, three more of these beautiful Seraphim rosaries. Go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. Also at Patreon. I have, if you go in there, there's an option to get my new best-selling book, Apocalypse, Antichrist and Apocalypse. I will sign a copy along with a signed copy of Rosary in 50 Pages and Thomas Aquinas in 50 Pages and a rosary, and I'll mail it to your house. So you can also get the signed copy of Antichrist and Apocalypse at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. Also, another thing to bring your A-game, make sure you're praying your rosary every single day. Make sure you're reading your Bible every single day. Try to find a traditional Latin Mass. Get traditional catechisms, traditional teaching. As that guy said, renew your mind with the truth. Renew your mind with the Bible. Renew your mind with the beads on the rosary. Renew your mind as you kneel in church in the traditional Latin Mass and reorient yourself towards reverence, towards sanctity, towards holiness. All right, let's pray the Hail Mary, Ave Maria in Latin, and we'll close out. Nomine Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in molieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, Nuc editor mortis nostre. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Nomine Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, thanks for watching. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Everyone coming into the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'll see you at the... Blessed Carl von Habsburg Symposium. It'll be a good time. Now I'm going to run and I'm going to go have lunch with Eric Sammons, who's on this podcast often. He's in town. We're going to go get lunch.